to the Web 2.0 Show with your hosts, Josh Owens and Chris Saylor. We're a show about the new web, the latest thoughts and technology behind internet development and content delivery. Welcome to our third episode. Uh, on this episode, we wanted to talk about uh, Tim O'Reilly. He had posted a compact uh, Web 2.0 definition. Uh, something that, that all of us have been looking for, I guess, uh, as we've been trying to define what exactly is Web 2.0. Uh, I hope Tim doesn't mind. I'm actually going to go ahead and read his definition here on our podcast, and then we can, uh, we can all tear it apart and talk about it. <laughs> no, it's actually pretty good. Here we go. Here it is. Take notes. Web 2.0 is the network is platform spanning all connected devices. Web 2.0 applications are those that make the most of the intrinsic advantages of that platform, delivering software as a continually updated service that gets better the more people use it, consuming and remixing data from multiple sources, including individual users, while providing their own data and services in a form that allows remixing by others, creating network effects through an architecture of participation, and going beyond the page metaphor of Web 1.0, to deliver rich user experiences. It's, it's really what we've been discussing this whole time. Put down in a very uh, lawyer-like fashion. <laughs> <laughs> in compact form, <laughs> oddly enough. It's kind of interesting, that first, uh, that first line, um, network is platform spanning all connected devices, um, that actually touches upon our, our uh, you know, interview we're doing this time with O'Malley, who, is, uh, who writes a lot about broadband and... Uh, Wireless technologies. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah we definitely hit a lot of those topics in this uh, this interview that we did that we talked about. I think that came up was uh, delivering software as a continually updated service that gets better and better as more people use it. That's something that we also touch on because we talk about companies like Thirty Seven Signals or I guess Odeo services that get released and then they they continue to work on it uh, day by day and, and improve it as best they can. Actually, one of the best examples of the whole remixing is uh, is Flickr. You know, you can then make it just you know really easy to, to, to pull the pictures out of their service and uh, use them on a completely different website. Yeah, that's one of many, and actually probably one of the biggest ones right now uh, that that we'll mention briefly. I have not played with it yet, but Ning came out from Twenty Four Hour Laundry. It was kind of a hot topic when it was released the other day. Um, I like I said, I haven't played with that. Did you get a chance to play with it, Chris? I have not played with it, sadly enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, was it a comment. I think it may have been on Ohm's blog. I don't know. I read so many anymore. Someone talked about Ning and the fact that you know all the social services that were trying to get out there real fast to emulate, you know, Dig and Delicious and trying to get VC funding. Uh, those may fall by the wayside now because you have your own little tool like Ning that will allow you to create your own mashups. Now, without actually playing with it, I hate to judge, but, you know, you want us to wonder. It's like they're trying to emulate all these other services. So I'm really interested in seeing how well they've done. Yeah. Just because, you know, they're, they're trying to do an awful lot. Yeah, well, Mark Andreessen, you know, I'm sure he put together a good team. So I don't, we'll have to check it out. Cool. So anyway, I, I like this definition of Tim's. He did a good job with it. I hate to keep rehashing about, what is Web 2.0? <laughs> well, <laughs> as the definition changes, I think we're going to, we're certainly going to keep talking about it. I mean, we're all, like you said earlier, we're all trying to participate in 
and what is Web 2.0, the discussion. Yeah. I guess one of the other things we wanted to mention was the uh, top 10 things that aren't Web 2.0, as posted by Jason uh, from 37 Signals on their uh, Signal versus <laughs> Noise weblog. Yeah. I love 37 Signals, and I have a lot of respect for Jason, but I think he's confusing his uh, their own corporate philosophy with what Web 2.0 is. Because <laughs> some of these things just don't fit. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, number one, right off the bat, they say Ajax and RSS, etc. I, I think, you know, those are all part of rich user experience and APIs. Yeah. So, I mean, how can you exclude those right off the bat? I don't know. VC funding, I mean, just because you're trying to do a big project and you need money doesn't necessarily exclude you from being a Web 2.0. I mean, look at Ning. Look at Flock. True. But I, I think, I mean, obviously when you have Ning, you've got someone like Mark Andreessen who... I don't know if he had the idea or he just funded it, but, I mean, he's kind of an angel investor in and of himself. One thing that I think we've certainly talked about before, if you go back and look, uh, talked about stealth startups, ninja startups, um, the whole point was that, you know, you you could probably pull off a startup with about $10,000 of capital or maybe a little bit more and just have two guys sitting there coding. I know that's that's something you and I have certainly talked about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't necessarily need VC funding, but I don't think it's a bad thing, especially when you look oh, at... Oh, I, I agree, absolutely. You, you look at services like Dig, and, I mean, you you have to have the money to expand the infrastructure to get there. There's just no other way to do it. Mm-hmm. Looking at some of these others, <laughs> I guess we should probably just go ahead and mention the list real quick. Um, uh, number one is Ajax RSS. Number two is Feature Lists. Number three is VC funding. Four is hiring, hiring, and more hiring. Five is stealth mode. Six is public betas. Seven is proprietary formats. Eight is revolutionary anything. Nine is Google, Yahoo, or Microsoft. Uh, Ten is board of directors. And 11 is selfishness. Now, obviously, 11 alludes to the fact that Web 2.0 is about creating communities. So I completely agree with that one. Yeah, I I think that could ties in with number seven too i mean when when you open up your formats you open up your data that's a selfless act uh, in my opinion so i I think those two kind of tie together Mm -hmm. but i I would definitely disagree with number six i mean hello what are they doing (laughs) public betas (laughs) they release a product and they're like oh yeah we're not fully done yet look at backpack perfect example i mean they didn't have the mobile api in there so well that goes to um i guess they don't they just don't call it a beta, but what? It, but they're, they're, I mean, their philosophy is, hey, we're going to build half a product, not a half-ass product, and it's admirable. You know, you don't want a whole bunch of features that don't don't work right. And I really like the products, and it works for them. And then you basically, you already right, here's our starting point, and then let's. What do the people want? We use it. We tell them, hey, I'd really like to see this, and then they figure out whether or not they they need to put it in there. I don't know how that really ties back to Web 2.0 though. Yeah, well, I think the common conception anymore is that everyone's releasing a beta service and trying to build on it. But like we mentioned before, I mean, I I think it's a very good thing to get your users involved once you've built the basis of your product and have them help decide the direction that your service is going to go and let them tell you what features they want to see. I mean, one of the... Uh, I was reading on the Mebo blog, one of the things, one of their top feature requests was the ability to add buddies right right there in Mebo, and that's something they, they didn't have. 
and they were certainly looking onto bigger and better things, and they realized that the community outcry for it was so huge that they just they had to address it right away. Hmm. Actually, I haven't used that yet. Yeah, Mebo is very cool. I would definitely check it out if I were you. One of the other things, too, uh, we kind of touched on was the stealth mode. I mean, Ning, perfect example, 24-hour laundry. I guess stealth mode is more more of a marketing tool. If you can get people to talk about your company and start wondering what your company is doing, then you're going to generate buzz. And it's going to be this big pink elephant sitting in the room with everyone, and everyone's like, we, we don't really know, but we want to know, so let us know. <laughs> yeah, but that's not... That's- that's not really Web 2.0. No, so. I, I agree. That's it's not just really related. A cheap marketing technique, in my opinion. Oh, again, I was thinking. That, I mean, they're, they're, you know, Jason's kind of associating things with Web 2.0. That, you know, it's like apples and oranges. Uh, why do you, why, why are you saying that's not Web 2.0? Of course, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think to his point, you see a lot of companies that are starting these web services. They have these kind of mentalities that are that are associated with it, like the public betas and the, the stuff. Well, mode. Again, Jason is confusing the corporate philosophy with what Web 2.0 is. Right. There is not. <laughs> right. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I think he's just trying to, to state his point, you know, that it's not necessarily what's making the company Web 2.0. It's more their product than how they're advertising it. Ah, the other sure. thing I disagree with is number nine when he talks about Google, Yahoo, or Microsoft. I, I don't know that I would consider much of anything from Microsoft Web 2.0 at this point. But uh, certainly Yahoo's trying, and uh, Google, how can you say they're not? I mean, look at the number one mashup right now, Google Maps. Oh, true. How do you throw that one out the window immediately? I mean, Google is, um, they do a lot with their APIs. One of the things we also wanted to mention, if you look further down, I guess a comment to the post from Chris Messina of Flock, um, talking about how he... He thinks he agrees with the premise of the post. He doesn't agree entirely that the uh, the list is helpful. He said unless you, you link each item to a, a blog post or an explanation, uh, it, it just doesn't constructively help us understand why they're saying that. So I, I guess that's kind of what we've been getting at, too, in our conversation. Yeah. I'd like to see a little more explanation. You know, it's Jason's thought process behind these. One of the things we're looking forward to is having Jason on the show. We uh, haven't contacted him yet, but I'm sure he's going to hear this and (laughs) (laughs) want to talk to us at this point. (laughs) And with that, on to our interview with Om Malik of gigaom.com, G-I-G-A-O-M.com, and Business 2.0. Welcome to our third podcast. We have Om Malik with us today on the line. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Om, where you're from, who you work for now, who you worked for in the past. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me uh, in your podcast. I am based in San Francisco. I work for Business 2.0 Magazine as a senior writer. I've been with the magazine for nearly three years. Prior to this job, I worked for Red Herring and Forbes Online as a senior writer as well been writing about technology for nearly 15 years. Excellent. I was actually a Red Herring fan. I, you know, I believe there was a lot of people who liked that magazine, and uh, I still hear from many of them, so that's kind of neat. Cool. How did you go from Red Herring to Business 2.0? I mean, was that just your next logical I'll, leap? No, I think uh, when, if you remember, Red Herring had shut down 
back in the day um, in March of 2003 and basically at that point I was offered a job at uh, Bistulo and basically that's how I got in to Business 2.0. Actually I used to live in, South, uh, in New York and at that point I decided to move to San Francisco as well. Oh. oh, do you like San Francisco? Um, not as much as I like New York, but you know, oh. it's a nice place. It seems like everything happens in San Francisco every time there's a conference or something. <laughs> well, you know, given the industries around here, so all the tech people are around here, so, so it's one of those things. Yeah, it's just nice. The weather you can't beat, I have to say. <laughs> but yeah, um, like I said earlier, the you're, uh, I actually subscribed to Business 2.0 for your How to Ride the Fifth Wave article. Okay, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Like, you know, what do you want me to talk about in that specific article? I mean, if you have some questions you want me to address, I would love to do those first and then ramble later. You, you wrote this article on the Fifth Wave, and it has a lot of similarities to this, um, to this concept by Tim O'Reilly called Web 2.0, like open standards. It is something, you know, a lot of people are coming around to this whole concept. If you if you picked up the magazine for the first time in, you know, in June, then you would think that this is the first time we've brought up these issues of, you know, cheap computing, infinite bandwidth, and all those other things. Um, so... Anyway, this is uh, very, this is the annoying part of Skype, right? People just call in the middle of a conversation. Oh yeah, I've never, never experienced that before. Actually, <laughs> not too many call me, too many people call me via Skype. It's this whole concept, you know, cheap bandwidth, you know, cheap computing, open standards. Hmm. We've been writing about that for a very long time in the magazines, you know, ever since I've been working here. And even before that, and the way it is, is that, you know, we wrote about this in our story, New Road to Riches, you know, Rise of the Insta Company. So these are the articles. So I, I'm glad to see, you know, rest of the world kind of come on to the same same uh, conclusion, which is which is pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. I've no problems with that. So have you been reading up on, um, I guess there's there's a lot of, blog threads going back and forth about, you know, Web 2.0 and stuff. Have you been keeping up with that? I have, and, you know, uh, I had a little bit of that on my blog, too. You know, I had posed that question, what is Web 2.0? And, other, you know, everybody had a different opinion of it, so <laughs> a different definition. And I think that's what makes it even more interesting, you know, from my own perspective. I see it as like a big mashup of all new technologies and mm-hmm. which basically leverage the broadband connection, treat broadband as a platform and not just as a downpipe. I think people, the more they start to think about this, uh, you know, they will realize that without broadband, all the, you know, the open standards and whatever it may be, all the new business models, they don't make sense. And, you know, it's the, they see always on connectivity that is the reason, you know, you have a lot of uh, exciting, you know, mashups going. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I'm actually looking very forward to um, um, a lot more, a lot greater bandwidth on mobile devices, so that it just just make it easier to access mail, you know, access my base camp, my you know, my backpack from from anywhere from my mobile device. Right, and I think you know it's also a part of a big uh, behavior change, right? Like if you think about it, as more and more people start using wireless for most of their things, it would be interesting to see. Uh, you know, you know how all these you know the recent Web 2.0 developments you know morph and adapt to a wireless. It's going to be pretty interesting. You uh, you talked about the explosion of bandwidth contributing to the fifth wave. Do you think that's the vital piece? I mean, both like we were just talking about with the phones and with bandwidth to the home. Do you think that's the vital piece that kind of spurred on all this movement? Absolutely. Like there, is, there is no doubt about that. Look, no wipe doesn't exist in Alabama, okay? So you need bandwidth for that. You look at, you know, RSS. RSS would break down if there wasn't always on connections, right? Always on fast connection. It's use is very limited in a off-on world, but in an always-on world, RSS suddenly becomes too good of a you know, solution. Similarly, blogs, the reason people can use they don't have to, you know, wait yes. for pages to load up. You know, online music, you know, Google Maps. I mean, if you try doing this on dial-up, you know, it will just drive you insane. So, without broadband, all this, all this talk of, like, mashups and this and that, it just doesn't mean anything. I mean, to me, it it's it's all about broadband as the platform. I don't care what other people say. I don't care about XML. Without that, you know, all these things just don't make sense. That's absolutely true. Speaking about the uh, the broadband, um, what what kind of effect do you think something like ultra broadband, like they have over in in Japan, like a hundred megabit pipe, what do you think that'll have on the development of the Web 2.0? Uh, you know, the more bandwidth you have, the more ways you kind of figure out to use. Like, I kind of see the similarities pretty much like what you have had in the early 90s. You know, Intel processors basically led to more powerful Windows. More powerful Windows led to more powerful processors. It's the same kind of thing. I think the bandwidth is there, the ultra band, you know, ultra band, so forget broadband, the ultra band, the 100 megabits and higher, mm-hmm. you know, pipes are, you know, at least in the world outside of US are already there. What is missing is the applications. Applications are to leverage their big fat pipe, you know. Sending television over that bandwidth, you know, available bandwidth is, you know, it's not, it's not. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. It's one way to use the bandwidth, but the bandwidth-intensive applications are missing. I mean, that's the key, you know. And I think a lot of people are getting excited about Web 2.0, and I think all these things are very nice and neat, but they're all incremental. Nobody is thinking in terms of how do I actually start putting all this bandwidth to work. What will make consumers want to go from, you know, one megabit per second to, you know, 25 megabits per second? And I think that's that's a debate which is never addressed and because it's something, you know, nobody has an answer for, right? 
you know, we were ho- we're hoping to interview Kevin Rose of uh, you know Revision Three, and they're they're trying to start the next generation of uh, IPTV. Um, in order for that to go, there's obviously has to be a lot of bandwidth available for people. Right, but the thing is, it depends on which part of the world you are, right? Like if you're in Japan or in China or India or some place where the TV infrastructure is not as well built as it is in the U.S., I mm-hmm. think uh, IPTV or you know doing next generation IPTV and all that kind of stuff makes sense. In the U.S., you have a fairly you have two pipes which bring television to your house fairly in a fairly competent manner, actually more than a competent manner. Whether you look at satellite and cable, they do a pretty good job. I think you know IPTV startups in the U.S. will will have those issues to deal with because you know there is the consumer inertia. Uh, why would I want to switch from Comcast, you know, to SBC when their IPTV comes? I, you know, there is no compelling reason unless they give me that compelling reason. I, I don't see it. And, you know, whosoever does the next generation IPTV company has to, you know, think hard and look at where the market is. The market is in Asia, and you basically have to learn how the Asian consumers, and they're not just one Asia, it's not one country, how many different countries, how people consume television in those places. So those are the key things. I think, you know, that's that's my opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. That actually makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you have a lot of countries that are going from, you know, almost no infrastructure to, well, let's, you know, let, let's build it up. And, exactly. And you don't have this, you know. So, you know, so if you look at, you know, the, the consumption patterns are very different. How people, you know, do things in, in Korea. What do they use bandwidth for in Korea? Online games. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is very simple. You know, places like Seoul, very polluted. Things are pretty grim when you, you know, you're out and about. But inside the game parlor, you know, you can shut that world out. And, and suddenly you have kids spending tons of time, like all, all their waking time playing games. I mean, that's the key, right? Like that is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And like, in, you know, I, th- I hope people, you know, get that message. You know, it's like how the broadband or how, you know, different technologies get adopted. Um, they, they, that, that is very different. So what's it going to take for, um, I mean, these are, you know, all these American-based companies who are, are pushing the technology to, to get to get their stuff, uh, you know, adopted in Asia and those other markets? I mean, it's just a completely different culture. I don't know. I think spending a lot of time there would help. Trying to understand those markets would be great. And, you know, I think it is, it's not that, it's not that easy, but it's also not that difficult as long as people just pay attention Mm. to, to the, you know, to the, to the nuances of, you know, consumers there. I think that will work. Going back to something that you mentioned earlier, you were talking about uh, business models changing. The Web 2.0 movement seems to be changing the way that companies operate uh, with up-to-the-minute blogging about products, features, constant customer feedback. Uh, I think a lot of companies you see them switching to a release early slash often type model. Do you think companies like 37 Signals and Odeo who follow this model will become the norm? These companies are taking a cue from Google, right? 
this rapid release, you know, always in beta, improving with feedback, consumer, you know, cu customer feedback. That's a model Google has pushed. I guess one of the big ones is already doing it. It won't be surprised me if other companies start doing it. You know, Yahoo has a lot of products in beta, and so is Microsoft. So I think this is only going to spread. It just makes sense. I mean, you know, you put it out there, and, you know, I think 100,000 people banging on your product and trying to figure out what's wrong. I think uh, that's the key. I mean, that's just like, you know, you have a Q&A department, which is 100,000 strong. I, I don't think uh, you can argue with that. You know, if you had to do this as a company on your own, it cost you millions, right? Like you're always testing, testing, and you, know, you need at least, you know, a dozen employees just fixing all these issues. Yeah, I guess it, it's just more about being a grassroots effort and, uh, I, I guess, cutting costs more than anything. That's correct. What what other types of changes do you think might happen in the future with companies who follow this, I guess, agile web 2.0 development model? Well, you know, there's always the flip side of it. Like, if you release a bad product, you're gone before you even get out of the gates. You know, so that's the, the, the downside of it. So I think that's one thing most of the companies will have to deal with. And, you know, they really have to be fairly, making fairly competent products in order to, um, to, to get some traction in the marketplace. Actually, I did want to ask you, um, where did you come up with the idea for Fifth Wave? Is this just something that's, um, that's you know, it's been brewing in the back of your mind for a while? or? Uh... Um, no, I've been, you know, following the industry for too long now to kind of figure it out. And, you know, you basically take various you know, inputs from, I don't know, hundreds of people I talked to during the course of my work life. And, you know, you, you start to see patterns and you start to see, you know, um, how things are going in. And that's where, you know, you kind of aggregate it together. And then you talk to really smart people, people much smarter than I'll ever be. So that's, that's the way, you know, the story came around. Yeah. Always takes someone standing back though, talking to all those people to, uh, you know, to really look at these overall, I guess, paradigm shifts. Right, like you know, this is like most most people think that these stories happen like in in a week, in a month. Now this is like you know, being, it's almost like a year long process where you just talk to so many different people, and you know, then you're looking for for patterns and conversations. And then you kind of, you know, it takes a long time to kind of to put it all together. Like, you know, what does this mean and how does it all correlate? And you almost feel like, you know, you're, you're looking for, for, you know, for, for some common threads. And once those come, then the story comes along pretty quickly. One of the uh, topics we talked about earlier, phone bandwidth and how it's affecting, you know, products like backpack and stuff uh do you think the upcoming crop of wireless phones will will direct how products are going going to be uh, produced in the future with things like you know the the treo 700w coming out or some of the new phones that that have they're going to have the browsers built in uh, you know obviously there's gonna they, they, those kind of smartphones will have a big impact but 
I don't know, man. I, I look at Trio, I see uh, a small size computer, a small size desktop. I see a pervasive desktop mentality on there. You know, you need a keyboard to do things. But, you know, I, I'm i sure as, you know, wireless networks get more bandwidth, those devices do go through some sort of change. And, you know, most applications will have to go through. I mean, it's it's like, you know, if you suddenly have 200 to 300 kilobit connection on your phone, I mean, you can do a lot with it. You know, it's like, it's not like, it's not like having a 10, 10K, 20K connection. It's one of those things. Yeah, actually, my wife's um, my wife's boss just got the uh, a new Symbian phone and was watching TV on it, as a matter of fact. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> this was in in U.S. or in... Uh... Yeah, in the U.S. They're singular, aren't they, Chris? Yeah, singular. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can't remember the technology behind it, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, it's that really giant, um, odd-looking Nokia phone. A giant, huh. odd-looking. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like it's that narrowed kinda... it down. <laughs> Aren't they all odd-looking when they're from Nokia? That, that's true. <laughs> I forget which one it is though. No, there is a lot of those devices coming to the market, right? Like you can watch, you know, companies like Nokia and. Qualcomm are pushing separate television for the cell phone networks, which is kind of cool, I think. Mm-hmm. It's all about television. At the end of the day, we all want television, right? That's the killer app for anything these days, television. Well, that goes uh, back to your your uh, Korean gaming, you know, escapism concept. That's, that's right. you know, that's real. Uh, you know, give me, you know, a television, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I won't complain about anything. Yeah, as long as there's baseball on TV, I'm a happy person. <laughs> Actually, I think I just saw something. I, it may have been on your site, Ohm, about uh, Singular. And I thought it was Singular and Real Networks making a deal to bring uh, video to the phones using the, the Real Network protocols. That's correct. It wasn't on my site. You must have read it somewhere else. But yeah, it may have been in Gadget. Actually, I did want to talk about what's what's your take on the whole uh, um, the Skype eBay deal. Uh, you know, I would rather not discuss this anymore. I I have <laughs> so much energy on this. Uh, I I think I'm all talked out about that. <laughs> no uh, problem. You know, if you read the blog, you know exactly how I feel about it. I don't mm-hmm. think I need to repeat myself on that. Yeah, I I don't think there are many people that, that <laughs> thought it was a good good idea for eBay to buy Skype. Just funny, out of all the players that, that were throwing their hat in the ring, eBay ended up being that one. Hey, there's always somebody who's willing to buy, so why not? You know, that's <laughs> the way it is. But, uh, no, that's one thing which I kind of found um, pretty amazing, the, the number of people who kind of felt that this was not the right deal for eBay, but... You know, I hope uh, it works out for them. You know, there's a lot of money they pay for. Yeah, yeah. only time will tell. <laughs> Are there any other exciting stories or projects that you have brewing that uh, uh, maybe you could announce on here? Oh, I you know, nothing I can talk about right now. I mean, you know, I'm working on a story for the next issue, which will surprise you even more, um, oh. which will be fun. But I'm not going to go into more details given that 
uh, you know, it's it's just not out, so I can't talk about it. Oh, that's cool. I look forward to it. And apart from that, you know, I might, you know, there's a little refresh of the, you know, weblog, which is coming very soon, you know, kind of make it even more easier to read and, uh, you know, adding and improving the, the wireless, get uh, even more. So those are the little, little things which we are working on. And I've been just really busy, you know, you know, with the with the magazine deadline, and now we have the Web 2.0 conference next next week, so that should be keeping plenty busy. We had a CTIA recently, so I I'm still still catching up, you know, with with a lot of stuff. But uh, you know, as I always do, I'll keep you posted. Excellent. I I'll keep reading your blog. Hey, thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so All right. much. All right. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks, home. Take care. All right. This has been a Steel Pixel production. For more information about Steel Pixel, you can check out steelpixel.com. Or for more information about the show, feel free to check out web20show.com. That's W-E-B-2-0-S-H-O-W.com.